SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Him. I, I think it would be it would make sense to have the special teams guy run the thing. I would agree with that, Brian. That, that makes the most sense to me. Let you know, let the offensive coordinator handle what he normally handles. Let the defensive coordinator handle what he normally handles, and yeah, and then and then put um, make the special teams guy the head coach. That makes perfect sense. But I wonder about the psyche of some of the players are going to be affected by this just by not having Stefanski on the sidelines. That changes things in the players' minds that he's not on the sidelines. Well, I mean, they could clearly go with the us-against-the-world mentality. The bottom line is, I mean, the Browns got to come in here if they're smart about it. You run the ball. I mean, you want to get Chubb and Hunt going. And all the pressure was on them to not mess up against backups and get in. They're playing with house money now. Now, not shockingly, and it was already in the dead zone, you know, that number's on the rise. And you're sitting there. It went from four and a half, it's up to six. I don't know that it gets to seven, but uh, it's just an odd dynamic. But it is, it was funny. Adam will, you'll hear the, you'll hear it in his voice, a long-suffering Browns fan. You know, it's like, it's like so typical. And I, I, I said, I feel for you because that would be a typical Buffalo thing. Right. Right. Hey, look at these guys. They got a real shot to do something in Allen or somebody. It's, yeah, yeah. But this is the, it's the nature of the damn beast we're living with. So, all right, we're off to the races here. Don't forget, Sirius 204 coming on Thursday, making the debut. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet's going to join us in that first hour. That'll be great fun. Looking forward we to it. We got great guests for you throughout the course of the week. Tony Neville join us in hour number two from Treasure Island. Uh, but we are just getting going. Adam Burke coming up in the on-deck circle. Glad to be with you on a Tuesday. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Sportsbook Radio from Vegas on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas on Tick, 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 tick. Serious 204 coming Thursday. First show, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet for the entire hour, along with Stevie Slapshot. I'm Brian Blessing. And we've got Adam Burke joining us here the rest of the way in hour number one. Tony Neville from Treasure Island will join us in our second hour today. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Vinny Maliulo is going to join us. Mark Lawrence from uh, Playbook.com. Uh, we'll be out at Sunset Station on Friday with Chuck Esposito. Great guest. Got you covered on both sides of the counter. And really looking forward to the launch on Sirius 204. We look forward to Tuesdays because Adam Burke's kind enough to join us from ATS.io. Bangthebook.com. Adam is in Cleveland. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Follow Steve at Stevie Slapshot. Uh, did a podcast with Adam, his podcast today. That's on my Twitter, his Twitter. Uh, a lot of good stuff, and we're going to talk about some of that right now. Uh, but as a point of introduction, our friend Adam 
is based in Cleveland. And uh, Stevie this morning, hey, Adam, how you doing? <laughs> and he, he's like, I'm like I'm, well, are you all right? And yeah, I got the news. All right. Uh, typical, right, for Browns fans, Adam? Uh, typical is a good word for it. I, you know, it's funny because I mean, the, the first thing I tweeted after this, is I was like, you know what? I would say it's unbelievable, but we all know better around here. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of been sort of coming to a crescendo the last few weeks with various positive cases. And, you know, uh, they didn't have any wide receivers two weeks ago. And then last week had some guys that were out. And it's funny because right after the game on Sunday, I texted my buddy and I said, they better hope like hell Stefanski doesn't get Rona because he's been around everybody. Sure enough. Oh. Two days later, there it is. You know, we had this discussion. Stevie and I did it in the first segment. I, I really think, and he's a sharp guy, Stefanski. They'll, they'll, they'll do what works best for them. But boy, it would really make sense to me if, if, if there was the potential of the special teams coach, who you say is a sharp guy, actually running the show, doing the delegation, clock management, and decisions. Go for it. Don't go for it. Let let Van, uh, Alex Van Pelt, the OC, let him focus and deal with what he does best. I I, th- I think it would be a wise move to let the special teams coach run the show. Yeah, I guess that was their contingency plan from the jump was to let the special teams coordinator run it. And you know, it's funny we've actually seen this in college football quite a bit, where a head coach leaves for the bowl game, and you know sometimes they'll go with a coordinator, but other times they'll go you know, with a position coach or with a special teams coach, something like that, to the point where the coordinators can, you know, just focus on doing their jobs. That's the big work forward for Cleveland, though, is they need Alex Van Pelt to be there, you know, and obviously that's a guy that works very, very closely with Stefanski. And, you know, now they've got five more days of, of hoping to, to dodge more positive cases. And, you know, the Stefanski thing, it is what it is, and it's really hard because he's the head coach and the play caller. But the bigger worry to me is now you don't have Joel Batonio. And what happens with contact tracing? Do they find out that other guys need to sort of isolate? Other guys need to sort of quarantine? Not having Stefanski is one thing. Going into this game at way, way, way less than 100% is another. And they were already going into this game without, you know, some key players to begin with. Adam, how about having played Pittsburgh last week? Does that help them at all? in this scenario where, where they, they, they've already studied film on, on the Steelers. They already had a game plan for last week. I would assume it's pretty much the same game plan, even with Roethlisberger coming back in this week. Yeah, I would think it should help them. And, you know, the players that have been around, even though their own personal schemes are different, I mean, they've seen Mike Tomlin many times over. They've been able to prepare for Tomlin and, you know, the, the Ben Roethlisberger-led offense. And, you know, the thing about it is, and people are going to sit there and scoff at what the Browns did last week, you know, only beating Pittsburgh by a couple points, beating Pittsburgh's B team by a couple of points. I don't think the Pittsburgh ceiling is that much higher, especially offensively, you know, with Ben back. I mean, they still use their wide receivers in that game. Mason Rudolph didn't play well, but Ben Roethlisberger hasn't played well in the second half of the year. The thing for me is that, you know, Pittsburgh has that defense back. How do the Browns attack it? That's the big question. But I also think, too, that last week, I'm not going to say Stefanski took the game for granted, but he even said as much after the game, look, I wanted to keep Nick Chubb fresh because I know I'm going to need him next week. I think there were some things that the Browns didn't really showcase that they you know, probably isolated in film study, you know, hey, this will work, 
but let's save it and use it next week if we need it. So at least there's that. And I told Brian as much this morning, you know, if the Browns are playing Buffalo, I'd feel far, far worse about their chances. But the fact that they're playing Pittsburgh again, you know, at least gives them some shred of hope. Yeah, no, it's an interesting uh, deal. And uh, again, all they're going through this week muddies the issue. But for Cleveland, Adam, the pressure, you talk about all the pressure. Those games are torture to play. Seriously, like Miami knew they were going to at some point play a boatload of backups, and they got, they got pumped. I've seen teams in the past, the Bills did it one year, win and get in, and they were playing the Steelers back up, and Pittsburgh killed them. There was so much pressure on Cleveland to beat Pittsburgh with their backups that anything that happens now, the seasons of, of raucous success, and they were a dangerous team coming in here playing with house money. Now you throw this into the equation. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Obviously, you want all your you know, bullets in the chamber when you're going to the playoffs. But it's not going to shock me in the least if they have this circle the wagons, us against the world mentality. And, and you said it, you know, Pittsburgh's kind of a flawed bunch, I think, at this time of year. I, I think Cleveland's still in there with a bunch of chances. It, it's more how many more people come down with this thing? Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, look, the the everlasting cynic in me, you know, being born and raised a Cleveland sports fan and watching how everything's transpired here, you know, certainly I'm not seeing a whole lot of the silver linings, not seeing a lot of the positives, but you make an excellent point that, you know, I mean, when you look at the Browns, and of course I've watched every play of, of the last several Browns games, when you look at the game against the Jets and you look at the game last week against Pittsburgh, they were tight, man. I mean, they were, like you said, it was playing not to make a mistake, trying to play not to lose. They, of course, wound up losing that Jets game. Now maybe they do find a way to play free and easy. Maybe they do find a way to you know be that ultra-dangerous team that you know, nobody expects to win this game at this point in time. The pressure does shift back to the Pittsburgh side now, You know, being the home team, the division champ, and now the pretty big favorite in this game. I think it's definitely fair to look at it from that standpoint. It's just uh, hard for me with all the scars on my heart to uh, you know to put that at the forefront of the thought process for me. And one more with you before we take a break on, on the Steelers-Browns game. The one thing with Pittsburgh, with Connor and Snell, they've not been able to run the ball. And for the most part, roethlisberger has been a dink and dunk kind of guy this year. He had the one good quarter when they, they came from the grave you know, to beat the Colts. But other than that, most of this stuff's underneath. The thing that's worrisome, even with Pittsburgh's, you know, relatively impotent offense, is that now Olivier Vernon's out. He tore his Achilles, or ruptured his Achilles, whatever, so he's out. Miles Garrett hasn't been the same since getting COVID. He's had trouble catching his breath. They've monitored his snaps. They are very thin at the linebacker position now because of injuries and COVID. They're thin in the secondary that's sort of the problem is that they're a patchwork defense to begin with. And I sort of wonder, even as, you know, average to below average as this Pittsburgh offense is, at some point they're going to find somebody to pick on on that defensive side of the ball. And, you know, whether it's with Smith-Schuster or with Claypool, uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to try to move it through the air. All right, we got uh, five other games to get to. We're going to talk about... Super Wild Car Weekend. Do you like it, Stevie? Every time. Super Wild Car Weekend. Sounds like a 70s cartoon show. Yeah, that. 
and a football game. All right, but now we got games to talk about. We'll come back and dive into all the numbers, where they're moving, where we think they'll close. Keep it right here. It's lunchtime with the Linemaker Sportsbook Radio from Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Adam Burke with you right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. is joining us from Cleveland. Tony Neville, racing sportsbook director over at Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar, which is cool. You got to check that out when you come to town. Uh, he'll be our guest in the second segment. I got bad news for you, Stevie. Yeah, bad news. Yeah. Talked to Tony Neville this morning. Okay. Yeah, you know what the new highlight of his day is? No, I don't. Stevie's thoughts at the end of the radio. That's not bad news for me. That's bad news for him. He needs to get a life. I said, Tony, what's wrong with you? I said, I said, I'm sitting here with a fire extinguisher during the break because the smoke's coming out of the kid's ears. So as soon as it's done, he's waiting 24 hours for the next edition. Is By that... the way, did you like I just called you a kid? Wasn't that nice? Uh, that was. Make you feel younger? Uh, you know what? I, I feel the same except when I try to do something I used to be able to do when I was 30. Oh, you, you want a pay-per-view event? I mean, you can, do a, you can bet on anything, right? Yes. I mean, if I had a camera on me, over under a minute, 45 seconds, to put socks on. The, <laughs> the low point of my day. I mean, the I, cracking noises, the yeah. grunts, the groans. I, I don't have an issue with that. I, I can still tee up a golf ball. I can, you know, picking yeah. the ball out of the hole and, and putting socks on. The knees are shot. My, mine are, too. That, that, so I, I'm still pretty bendy. But, like, if, if I go down to, like, you know, clean a floor or put air in the tires or something like that, I can't get back up. That's my problem. See, Adam Burke's young. He doesn't have those problems. He doesn't know anything about this. He will. He's the, he's the baby in this group. All right. Uh, again, that was a compliment, Adam. It's not. It's good to be young. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, I still hurt periodically, though. What's the weather in Cleveland uh, this time of year? Uh, the same as the mood about the Browns. <laughs> nah. The weather this weekend, though, from what I've seen, I want to give Adam a hug. For yeah, no, it's. <laughs> oh, so I want to say it'll get better, but then then the, the Cavs play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the the funny thing about it is I don't know when it's going to happen, but the Indians are going to trade Francisco Lindor too. So maybe this is the week to go ahead and drop a news dump and just you know take everybody completely out of the equation for the Browns game, but. That's coming here soon, too, so that'll be a lot of fun. By the way, you know, talk about going off the beaten path. Uh, Adam does great work in baseball uh, as a, you know, uh, a nice guide before the season starts and, and does yeoman's work throughout the course of the season. Uh, have you started the peak at baseball? Uh, I always keep my mind on it, you know, but everything's in such a holding pattern right now. I think I saw there's like 300 free agents or something, like MLB caliber free agents that don't have jobs yet, so... Uh, it's been slow moving in Major League Baseball, to say the least. And, of course, you know who knows if they're going to play the full 162 and, and all that. But my mind's always on it. I'm always reading on stuff. So uh, probably be starting that guide here, I would say, in the next two to three weeks, kind of get some of the initial work done. 
All right, let's go through the games this weekend. We we already talked about the Browns game in detail, but let's start at the beginning. First game, congratulations, you're the two seed. Let's give you the earliest game in the shortest week. What, you didn't get a bye, and you get the, you know, I mean, the Colts are in the same boat, but that's odd. Uh, Indies at Buffalo. Bills six and a half, seven-point favorites. Money on the Colts today. It's come below the key number. Totals come down a little bit, which I don't get. Uh, we're seeing 51 and a half as the consensus out there. I would just say this. I like the Bills in the first half. They always come out of the gate flying. I don't like the over in the game. The Colts certainly have a shot to come in here and win the game. Taylor's got to run the football. Uh, but even if the Bills, if their MOs get a big lead, then they go to prevent. Rivers can take them down and get some garbage touchdowns. Uh, but the, the Colts can win the game. I like the Bills. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like the Bills in the first half, minus four with a quick start, and I like the over. I can't disagree with that. I mean, I even kind of like the Bills a little bit for the full game if you're in like a playoff pool or or something like that. I'm kind of waiting to see if this gets down to six uh, before I decide to to maybe make a play on the full game side. But, you know, I think the fact that there's only one bye this year helps Buffalo. I know that they have to keep playing, but with how they're playing, I think the last thing you'd want to do is sit there and wait a week and, you know, not really stay in rhythm, not really stay focused and all that. I think a couple of really important things happened for them in week 17. The first is that John Brown came back and they were able to get John Brown really worked back into the offense because if you look at their stats offensively with Brown and without Brown, just the threat of him taking the top off the defense, being able to be a downfield threat really, really helped Josh Allen. So the games that Brown wasn't there, Allen's numbers did drop a little bit. Maybe in part, as you mentioned on my show, you know he was injured earlier in the year. They had a couple of bad weather games too. But John Brown coming back really helped. And the second thing is that once again, for another week, and they've done this basically four weeks in a row now, they have not let off the gas pedal in the second half. And I think that's something that we see a lot in the playoffs. Teams get complacent in the second half. They play that prevent. They look ahead to the next game. I think it's a massive mistake. You need to do what got you the big lead in the first place. The Bills have been doing that. Uh, that's why I'd be you know, more comfortable laying the six and a half with them for the full game uh, than I thought I would be originally. Well, the Bills said they learned, a, you know, you talk about, yeah, what did you learn from this? And honestly, they're all pointing to the Arizona game and the Hail Mary. And they all looked at each other and they were watching the, the, the Cardinals go nuts. And they all said they learned a lesson. They've let teams hang around to the point where now, with a big lead in the second half, they're still stretching the field, and they're not letting teams hang around. So you know, did they learn a lesson? I, I think they did. The one thing is that I would throw out there, if Beasley doesn't go, last week people saw him, if you don't follow the Bills, but this Isaiah McKenzie regularly play, gets three, four touches a game. And it's either a huge play or a first down or a touchdown. And gadget plays, jet sweeps, they, and they do the gadget plays are with McKenzie. But Beasley was out. McKenzie going in there, and I, has he been named Offensive Player of the Week yet? He should be. Uh, but three touchdowns. He had two touchdowns and a punt return for a touchdown. If Beasley's not out, it's actually they got a team with depth. That you know McKenzie. I don't know what the drop off is. Yeah, and I think also me in this game. I'm sorry, Adam. Go, go ahead, Stevie. No, you're, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, the other thing for me in this game is Phillip Rivers. When I hear Phillip Rivers has made the playoffs, I immediately reach for my wallet and go against him. It, it's made me a whole bunch of money. 
I think it's fair. And again, I mean, you look at Indianapolis and what they've done here down the stretch. You know, they played some close games against some teams that they shouldn't have played close games against. And Rivers, up until really the middle of this season, you know, a guy that's been notoriously bad in close games, in one possession games. I know we're talking about a six and a half spread here, but, you know, to me, I think if I'm going to bet Indy in this game, I have to have a pretty strong conviction that they can win it. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't really think that's the case here. All right, let's go to the Rams, Seattle. Third time, this would be the uh, rubber match. Seattle's four, 42 and a half. We know about the Wolford, Goff, what's it going to be? Honestly, I don't care who it is. And Stevie, you were right. I was wrong. I said it freely meant I was wrong. I thought the second game between these two teams would be a higher octane game. It is not the case at all. But I like the player prop. I said this on Adam's podcast. I will bet Chris Carson's rushing yards over, and I like the under in the game. I, I would just I would agree with I, I think it's a lower scoring game. I, I, I think Seattle wins. I don't think I'm gonna wager either way on this, but I, I think Seattle wins and I think it's a lower scoring game. What do you got, Adam? You know, I, I think the line movement that we're seeing today is is really interesting. I mean, you can find some places in the global markets where Seattle's down to three and a half. And that was the number two weeks ago with Jared Goff in the mix, with a Rams team that you know, was playing pretty well at that point in time. So I don't know if this is kind of a setup to sort of drop this line down a little bit, take Seattle at a cheaper price if we find out later in the week that Goff isn't practicing, isn't likely to go. But to me, I would bet this game and handicap this game under the assumption that Goff isn't going to play because, I mean, we're talking about a thumb injury that could be quite significant. It was significant enough to keep him out of a Week 17 game. The idea that money is coming in on the Rams today suggests to me that somebody influential either likes them as a true position or is pushing this number down a little bit to come back over the top later in the week. And I'm inclined to think it's more the former simply because we haven't heard any sort of positive outlook for Goff playing this weekend. The idea that this line is the same as it was or you know, in that ballpark as two weeks ago with Goff in the lineup I think that says that somebody out there with influence does like the Rams in this game. All right, we got about a minute and a half before the break. Let's wrap up Saturday. Tampa Bay, Washington, Bucks up to eight and a half, totals 45. I think it's correlated parlay. If you think Washington has a shot in this game, it's an under game. Uh, and Brady is stationary target against that defense. And I've been saying it all season long, don't be surprised if the NFC East winner with a losing record actually wins the first playoff game. It's an intriguing game, I'll say that. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, I mean, I'm looking under as well in this game, although that one has moved about a point and a half. But also, you know, by proxy, I'm also looking at Washington. You know, you mentioned Brady being a stationary target. And the Buccaneers, if they've got a lead, you know, third quarter, early fourth quarter, something like that, they're not putting Brady at risk here in this game against a very, very good Washington pass rush. Whether you, whether you need the back door or it just kind of happens naturally, this is a pretty big number for Washington if you've got that lower scoring expectation and you kind of think that the Buccaneers will err on the side of caution in the second half if they are playing from in front. 20, I think, 20 seconds. I think, I think Washington's outclassed here. I, I, already, I already played Tampa. If I, if I do anything with the total, it'll be over. I, I know Washington's defense I, is good. See, I think it's correlated. If you like Tampa Bay, it's Tampa New York. If you like Washington, it's Washington New York. Um, it's intriguing. And we get Sunday, Baltimore, Tennessee, the lead game of the week. That's going to be great. 
Chicago, New Orleans. We'll touch base on that. Back with Adam Burke, our guest. Brian Blessings, TV Snapchat. We're in Las Vegas. It's Sportsbook Radio. Lunchtime with the Winemakers on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't forget, coming this Thursday, the debut on Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Lunchtime with the linemaker. Stevie Slap Show. We made it through a football season, man. We did? I mean, almost. <laughs> I mean, they get the playoffs and they get the Browns thing, but it went fast. Yeah, it, uh, yeah at the end of the season, it, it always feels like that. I, again, it, it's once a week, so it's a little easier. We're, we're seeing these college basketball teams, you know, it's this is a juggernaut for them. But, uh, I, th- I thought the NFL, in particular, did a really good job. Of getting, there, there, was, there were a couple of teams that took it in the shorts. Denver, the one week without any quarterbacks. And, and there are some other teams that uh, got, got moved around, and I, it didn't really feel fair to them. That, it seemed like they bent over backwards to help Baltimore out uh, during the year. But overall, I thought the NFL did, did a pretty good job in, in getting through this this year. All right, let's get back to it. Adam Burke, our good friend, ATS.io. Does a daily podcast, a weekday podcast. It's great, great information. I was on with Adam today. It's on his uh, Twitter page. It's Skating Tripods. At Brian Blessing, I tweet, retweet it out. And uh, you can follow Stevie on Twitter, at Stevie Slapshot. Don't forget, Sirius 204 coming on Thursday. We're jacked about that. Back to Adam Burke. We're going to Sunday's football games. And, guys, uh, Baltimore, Tennessee, to me, and there it is, Adam, when we were doing your podcast this morning, it was three and a half, and I know I said, get the get the hook, get the hook. It's disappearing. It's gone. This game's going to close three, and now Baltimore is a three-point favorite. Total in the game is 55. Uh, listen, you know, Adam and I had a little friendly side wager we're going to make. You're giving me Derrick Henry and points at home in a playoff game. Uh, I'm in. Uh, but anyway, I think it's the best game of the weekend. Yeah, I think it should be the best game of the weekend, highest total of the weekend. So, you know, that in and of itself should be uh, a little bit higher on the excitement level. Yeah, I like Baltimore here. I mean, I like it even more at three than, you know, when you and I made the side bet here when I took a bad number with three and a half. But you, know, you think back to last year's game and Baltimore minus three in turnover margin, four turnovers on downs. So essentially minus seven in the turnover department. They outgained Tennessee by 230 yards in that game. And I think that's the big thing here is that Baltimore will have no issue moving it on Tennessee. And I know Tennessee's offense is great, but this Baltimore defense, at least when it's at full strength, is a pretty solid unit. So, you know, I think Tennessee here, look, I mean, I think if I'm Harbaugh, I sell out to stop the run and I make Tannehill beat me. And if he does, he does. And and that's fine. But Lamar Jackson's playing at a different level here of late ever since he kind of got back and got his legs back under him from COVID. Uh, Baltimore's a better coach team with Harbaugh. I just I like the Ravens here. I like them to get their revenge, and you know they're playing very crisp heading into the playoffs. And Tennessee kind of had some struggles down the stretch. 
Really, Adam? Baltimore's the better coach team. I'm going to take issue with yes. you there. I, 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 I am impressed with Vabel. Vrabel. Yeah, I mean, Vrabel's done fine. I think Art Smith, you know, for a while there, especially last season, was really good. Some teams kind of adjusted a little bit to Tennessee on uh, the middle of this season. But, I mean, Harbaugh, when you talk about preparation, there are few in the NFL better than Harbaugh. I, I think Vrabel, look, you know, I think Vrabel's kind of a benefactor of having a lot of talent on offense. For being a defensive-minded guy that played defense, was a defensive coordinator at a lot of places, this defense leaves a hell of a lot to be desired. Yeah, that, that may be fair. I, I, I would say that Vrabel does have his teams prepared, though, and I think some of the decisions he makes in-game are, are, are really smart. He's, he's very forward-thinking about, you know, taking timeouts at the right time. Uh, what, what, what's, what's the one that he does constantly, Brian, that you, you bring up about? Uh, oh, the timeout. Yeah. He, he takes the uh, intentional offside. The intentional offside, right. To save a timeout, giving a team a first down, and no one's smart enough to decline the penalty. I, I just, I, Vrabel, there's some of this out-of-the-box kind of thinking, some new thinking he's brought to the NFL, in my opinion. I, I, I would, I don't, I don't know. I, I like Vrabel a lot, and I, and I don't think that, that the Baltimore is the better coach team. They're, they're, they're even, in my mind. I just think about it in the sense that, you know, Baltimore was a little bit of a different team. They were coming off that loss to New England. They had had some things kind of going on. Baltimore was still a six-point favorite against Tennessee, you know, earlier on in the year. And now they're a three-point favorite on the road. That just speaks to me to the respect level of the Ravens here, you know, in this spot and in this particular matchup. And, you know, I think to me that's the side to be on. But, you know, it is one of the higher variance games of the weekend with that high total. It really could be at least going into the week, who has the ball last. It, it, re- it really may be that way. Tennessee plays a lot of games that way. But I, th- I think at the end of the day, if all things are equal, Tennessee can score a boatload. They can't stop anybody. But Malcolm Butler is a big play guy. I just think the ability to, if they had the lead, to run the ball and close the game out, with the combination of Henry and the the read option with Tannehill, uh, you know, everybody's so focused on Henry. Tannehill gets a lot of big first downs and moves the chains, faking the handoff to Henry and keeping it himself. I think it's a, it's a great game in terms of, you know, looking at those little details that you're talking about, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that Vrabel is a bad coach by any means. I think Harbaugh is a better coach than Vrabel is, but, these are two very well-coached teams. These are two dynamic offenses that do it really in, in very different ways. You know, and, and I just I wonder for Tennessee here, you know, are they able to stop Lamar Jackson? In that game last year in the playoffs, I think Lamar threw it over 50 times. I, I wouldn't expect that again. I would expect a lot more of Jackson's legs in this one, and I think that could be a great equalizer here for a Tennessee team that lacks speed, lacks consistent performance on defense. I, I just think Baltimore matches up pretty well here this time around. All right, the one thing I would say, and Lamar Jackson, MVP last year, but I, I think some teams have found a formula to contain him. He's going to make his plays. He's an incredible athlete. But I think if you come in with the proper plan, and that's make him be a pocket passer, I think that's when you can maybe get the best of him. But I think the other thing, too, Adam, he's yet to win the big game. 
right? He was MVP last year. They, they've got to win a playoff game. They've yet to do that with him. I mean, it's a fair criticism, and you know, especially because they didn't look very good against the Chargers two years ago in their playoff game, and then last year, you know, that exit after the bye. I just, to me, I also sort of look at the bye as a detriment, especially if you're playing really well going into it. Tennessee was the hottest team in the NFL in the second half of last year. They got to keep playing. Baltimore didn't, and I think it really hurt them that Tennessee was firing on all cylinders when they met in that divisional round game. So the fact that both of them are playing now, but Baltimore comes in playing better, again, I, I just it, it checks a lot of boxes for me taking the Ravens here. And, uh, you know, hey, if I lose with the Ravens, then uh, I got to buy you wings, pizza, and beer. So at I least mean, I'm getting a good I mean, meal out of it. And, and, and the, the game's so close that you, you got to say, which of these factors is the determining factor? The one thing I would, the only thing I would take issue with is, and everybody's saying it, you're not alone. Oh, Baltimore, Baltimore's playing good. Baltimore got a miracle to beat the Browns in overtime when Jackson came out of the locker room on fourth down. If they didn't win that game, they're not even in the playoffs. And after they got that miracle, they beat the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. Who the hell care? I mean, who'd they play? That, that's I mean, my point. Sure, but uh, the, you know, the Giants just beat a Dallas team that was playing really well. And then the Bengals, I mean, they didn't quit at the end of the year. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're not on the same talent level as Tennessee. I certainly get that. But, yeah, I mean, it's like those teams rolled over and died for them. I took the three and a half, which you mentioned about Jackson's legs. I don't want to see Adam. If he's, if he's outside the pocket running around making plays, I'm, I'm going to lose that wager. I, I want to see him in the pocket. I'd rather see him beat me passing than have him running around. I'll buy the second beer. And I'll split my wings with Stevie. Stevie can come with us. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll come with. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for my own. I already took the three and a half. I'm already in. <laughs> you guys are going to have to bring a forklift to get me out of there if I'm getting food off of both of you. <laughs> oh, we'll, you know, we'll see if they bring a scale to the place. All right, Chicago, New Orleans, nine and a half. Saints favored. Total's 47. Uh, maybe it gets to 10. Am I nuts? I think the Bears' defense can create some turnovers. I just – and Kamara, I think he'll be able to go, the fact that they're playing Sunday, not Saturday. Um, listen, New Orleans is such a resilient team, but they played a game earlier this year that went to overtime. I, something tells me the Bears can create some turnovers and hang around. This is probably the least interesting game of, of the wild card weekend, for me, both from a betting standpoint and just from a watching standpoint. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know what Mitch Trubisky is. I don't know if what we've seen the last few weeks with this, you know, renaissance for the Chicago offense is, is, is the real deal. I, what I do know is that what really turned the tide for New Orleans in the middle of the year, uh, you know, Bridgewater was out, they were playing with Taysom, or not Bridgewater, Breeze was out, they were playing with Taysom Hill and all that. That defense all of a sudden flipped the switch and absolutely turned it on and started playing you know, it's best football probably the last couple of years. They kind of faded a little bit from that late in the year, but they, of course, had their sights set on bigger goals here. That's the one worrisome thing for me about taking Chicago in this game is that the Saints defense could very well go out there and hold Chicago to, you know, 10 or 14 points or something like that. And then at that point, it makes it very tough for the Bears to even cover the plus 10. If the New Orleans defense isn't on point, isn't as sharp as we saw them, and Chicago gets, you know, upper teens, low 20s, then I think it is very difficult 
for New Orleans to cover the the 10 point spread. So not a game I've got a ton of interest in. Maybe a live under hoping for a, you know, scripted play touchdown drive from Trubisky and the Bears, something like that, but just not a game I have a ton of pre-flop interest in. Ron Rivera saying he's pondering rotating Alex Smith in Heineke during portions of the game. Is that gamesmanship or you know, because Tampa uh, it Bay has Blitz to be, right? I mean, it's got to be. I, do you really want your playoff – nothing against Taylor Heineke, but do you really want your playoff life to come down to him? I, no, I don't. Personally. <laughs> uh, Adam, tell him about uh, ATS.io, all the good stuff you do. Yeah, we got a lot of great content over at ATS.io, and as you said, doing the show pretty much five days a week. Took last Wednesday off, might take tomorrow off too, not sure yet. But we also have our ATS app, which you can find – all of the articles from the website in that app. It's also a bet tracker and an odd screen. A lot of great content in that. A lot of very helpful handicapping tips and tools. So uh, the ATS app is something we're very proud of. And we encourage everybody to check that out. And also check out uh, ATS.io. All right, bud. Listen, we always appreciate you doing this. Glad you join us on Tuesdays. We'll be on Sirius 204 next week. We're looking forward to that. Having you on board. Uh, good luck to your brownies. And... Uh, Good luck to get a whole boatload of them playing out there. And the, the main thing is that it doesn't spread any more than it has. That's the big one. That's definitely what I'm hoping for. By the way, boys, my favorite pizza topping is pepperoni, and my favorite wings oh, are hot. You. Oh, the wings are absolutely going to be hot. If you say blue cheese, don't come – or you say ranch, don't come to Las Vegas. No, no, I don't need condiments. Just give me the meat and sauce. I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side of you guys. I don't like my wings you're, hot, you're and not, I don't like blue you're cheese. Not, you're not, but I like you're pepperoni. Not putting, you're not putting any of that soupy, goopy ranch crap on my table. All right, fine. Then I just won't have wings. I'll just eat the pizza. <laughs> Adam, we'll talk soon, but thanks for doing this. Take care, guys. Let me come back. I can, there's creases in his forehead already. He's starting to think. Stevie's thoughts. It's in the Undick Circle. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the Internet. Technology Grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we're back. We're taking it to the top of the hour. Before we get to Stevie's thoughts, since we're talking pizza toppings, uh, Chris Bavone in New York wanted the Chinese mushrooms, huh? Mushrooms for my pizza topping. Meatballs, wow. I love meatball pizzas. And uh, I like my, my wings hot and crispy. And it, sometimes I even like those like mango habanero types. But they got to be crispy. I can't have them soggy. They make me, that makes me crazy. All right, depending on the quality of the pizza, this is my favorite pizza in Buffalo. I, I half-bake them and fly them home. Uh, a place called Bocce's. Double cheese. That's all you need. That's awesome. But if there's a topping, bacon, money. You can't, but you can put bacon on cereal. <laughs> I, I do like bacon. I generally don't like it on my pizza. I, I like, I'm pepperoni. I'm with you on the meatballs. I do not like mushrooms at all. And, and I would rather have a whole chicken breast 
I, I, these wings that are hot and small and crispy and what I don't I I don't like hot I'm I I use a little Tabasco like on my eggs in the morning just for flavor but I don't like hot stuff in general. It's got to be nuclear. You have to sweat while I, you're eating. No, I don't it's, like it's doing that. It's a contest. I, yeah. I I I don't like that taste. I had an uncle that could do that. It's not for me. All right, we we chewed up a, a little time there. No, so, so we got a minute. So we're down to Stevie's thought. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I, I was. I was just gonna go more with more, more with the food. Go. Again, I don't. I, you like the blue cheese. I, my dad loves blue cheese. I'm not a blue cheese guy. I I like the ranch. I think the I will dip my pizza in ranch. That's fine. I will dip my uh, potato chips in ranch. I will dip any kind of chicken it, in ranch. And that's good. There's a place salad ranch, sure. But I'm sorry, blue, uh, chicken wings were made to be eaten with blue cheese. You're not allowed to eat. Eat the chicken wings without blue cheese. It's, okay. it's, sacri- well, then, it's sacrilege. Well, so what I'll do is I'll just go sans chicken wings, and we'll and we and I'll just give, give well, me. Well, first chi- of all, we got to get Adam's give money. Me, give me. I'm, no, I'm just saying, just give me a big full chicken breast that I can really By chop the way, into. The split chicken breast. Oh, really oh yeah, juicy. Oh no, I love that. Yeah. Marinara all Why, over it. I love that. We got another hour to do. Now I'm hungry. Why would we do this? <laughs> all right, we got Tony Neville, Treasure Island. He's in the on deck circle. We've got Sirius 204. Coming on Thursday, Bruce Marshall is going to join us for the entire entire first hour. That'll be good fun. Our work is not done. Stick around. Lunchtime with the line makers. Another hour to come on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.